Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. He said to me that his ambition was to introduce something to the game that nobody's ever seen before. Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff, and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. Welcome to The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root of the matter. In this episode, we speak to Mark Ring, a one-on-one rugby coach, attack and skills coach, and who also won 32 caps for Wales. Focusing on coaching flair, we're going to cut to the root on how you can develop more skillful players. Mark, are you ready for the knife? <laughs> yes, I'm ready for the, for the knife, Dan. Okay. Does coaching hinder flair? Um, what a question to start. Uh, yes, I think it probably does. Uh, the coaches currently who are who are coaching sort of the next generation of players, are they looking at the game as it is right now and copying it without any logic behind you know what they're coaching and why they're coaching it? So why not coach uh, copy what's going on at the moment? Well, I mean, I think there's a tendency. I think it, it's a massive. I think there's been a massive influence um, on rugby league. Coaches coming in since the game went professional, and I think the game is massively surrounding the uh, safety-first approach, and it's all about the game line. That's my view. And what's, um, and what's wrong with concentrating on the game line? The, the forwards, I mean, you're, you're throwing a ball into a line-out, and you're feeding a ball into a scrum, and you're turning your fly half almost into a pivot, whereby you know he's not allowed to, co- uh, to look for space um, from a very young age. He's got to stand off rucks and malls and uh, play the ball back to a, a group of forwards uh, in a pod, rolling off the line up or, or leaving the leaving their position from the scrum. But and, if they, um, if they, didn't, if they about, didn't, okay, so they, if they didn't do that, what would be more advantageous for them to do? Well, I think you asked me about you know coaching, almost coaching the flair away from the player. So yeah, um, you know, for example, I, I'm. I'm watching my, my lad now. He's, he's he's 18 years of age, and I've been sort of involved, uh, you know, watching him play from a very young age, um, right through the age grades. Uh, in the end, he's chosen football over rugby, um, which I didn't think was a bad thing, to be quite honest. But uh, there was a, he was experiencing Cardiff uh, Cardiff Blues, as it was then, or Cardiff Rugby. Twelve different coaches in twelve different coaches, all telling him what to do. Uh, in the football sense, there was one or two. Um, so it was not so many mixed messages, and um, and and they were screaming at him through, uh, demanding that he, you know, he doesn't go back against the grain and look for space, uh, and just keep standing off rocks and walls. And that's exactly what, you know, I, I mean, we're only talking about one specific position now, you know, a fly half, for example. But why would the forwards dominate uh, the second or third phase of the game rather than, you know, the fly half dominating it? If I if I recall playing. If I cut back against the grain because I saw saw the space naturally, you know, back in my day, I, 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 it was always encouraged. And, and so, often, how did you see that space? What what led you to allow? What allowed you to understand that there were that space was there? Well, I recall from the age of seven, there was a guy. I mean, I wouldn't even call him a coach at my local club, St Albans in Cardiff, and uh, 
you know, he would, I was, I was playing fly half at seven years of age and um, he would sort of stop me there and have a look where my head was and he'd tell me to freeze and then, and then change my momentum completely. He would say, well, you need, you need to look up. So when I looked up, he's saying, what do you see? And I said, defenders. He said, how many? Uh, one, two, three, four. So he said, well, you're counting then, aren't you? I said, yeah. He said, well, what else do you need to count? I said, attackers. So I looked over my right shoulder. And, how many have you got? Three. And you make four. So that's four against four. Yeah. Well, what about those two on your inside? Six. Well, get them on your outside then and make it six on four. I mean, when I'm seven years of age, subjected to that sort of education from a guy who's not even considered a coach back in, well, 19, was 1969. <laughs> you know, you're getting a good grounding, aren't you? And, um, you know, if you watch a football match, first thing you notice from professionals is how quickly they get their head up and how quickly they can they can uh, sum things up in terms of space, time, uh, support around them, opposition, where the space is. So, yeah. That's so, that, so are you saying that that coach there was uh, allowing you to have more flair or allowing you to express your flair by making you look? Well, he was, uh, he was certainly giving me more. He was certainly educating me to, to learn how to make more time on the ball. I mean, you know, I can recall sort of the ball being in the air and I'm still bossing people around me. Now, you know, to, today, you know, these guys, um, like you say, even you know, head down, pushing hard in the scrum, you know, you know springing up in the lineup, lifting in the lineup, rolling off and, and almost getting in the way of everybody. I mean, you know, the, the best young, the, I suppose the best young kids coming through the system as they develop are the ones that actually get everybody out of their way. You know, what I'm talking of a standoff, a fly half, whatever you want to call it, you know, because the forwards from a very young age start to dominate the backs, the inside backs and the inside backs really, who, um, who are probably the best decision makers. And, you know, if you can certainly, um, you know, coach, coach them to, to get their heads up and see things early, then, you know, the last thing they want is, uh, is, is a group of forwards coming around and, uh, and stealing their thunder. Get out of my way, I would say. So this sounds very dangerous, though, for a, a modern coach to be doing this because this goes against what's happening. Ah, well, that's, that's, that's down to the character of the coach, isn't it? You know, you know do you want to be a mundane coach that just, uh, just, just moves on from day to day and uh, copy what you see? Or do you want to actually get out there and challenge people? I think that's another one of the big problems we've got, certainly in Wales. We've, got, you know, we've been developing coaches who I don't think they like to be challenged. And uh, so in terms of challenge, what, what would you be saying to them to sort of help change their maybe their view or get them to think differently? Well, I think that uh, I think it's all about the culture. The, 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 you know, we, we hear things about New Zealand how they they share knowledge, and uh, I think that's healthy. And I, I thought I don't think they're worried or, or frightened about moving moving on or trying new things. You know, and we, we come back to the flair thing again. And uh, yeah, it's um, you know if you're if you're in a position where you're sort of surrounded, you know, by by people who are not going to challenge you. Um, all because you're you're just you're trying to hang in there and stay in a job for as long as you can. I mean, I think that's unhealthy. And can every player have flair? Um, another good question. Uh, probably not. I mean, but you know, I, th- I think you know attitude, attitude, and you know the uh, not being afraid of making mistakes, not being you know con- you know concerned you know about you know understanding how you develop uh, develop by being you know more advanced. And moving forward consistently, you know, rather than doing the simple things and playing identically to the way you're being sort of coached to do so for the sake of it. I think, I think, it's, I think he's got to have a better attitude, a better attitude to learning, a better attitude to, to expressing. 
uh, expressing yourself. And, you know, I'm a big believer that I wouldn't be um, overly concerned if I was coaching a junior team or whatever about results. I think it's all about, um, you know, making a statement how you want to play and uh, working on the things that you need to do to get to where you are. I mean, you know, if, if you want to play a certain brand of rugby and, uh, you know, you maybe just, you know, you need to get the, obviously you need to get the players fit to be able to play the game you want to play. So can I just go, go, go out thinking about the brand and uh, I'm just now thinking from what you're saying, what would you say Flair actually looks like when you're watching a game of rugby or a training session and you can say either to the player or to yourself or to the people around you, that's Flair? Well, well Flair, Flair to me is, um, <clears throat> is seeing something that's not necessarily, you know, if, it's something, if, if, if you see something else, you know, if something changes, I mean, if you I don't think you can have an, an actual plan, you know, to to do everything that's just straight off the training ground. I mean, we, we see we're seeing guys rolling on the field now and just you know, jumping on the floor with jumping on the floor with the ball, and and the opposition simply are just running away from the rocks. So let's just look. Let's look for you know. Let's look to do something a bit different. Let's look for you know for someone to stand up and and roll them all down in the middle through the middle of the park. I mean it's it sounds very sort of just as boring as, as some of the rugby we're talking about. But if that's gonna tie in, you know, four or five defenders rather than stop them running away from the ruck, you know, then you know, then I was straight away I, I was straight away see, well, yeah, the coach there is the coach there has done something different. You know, all right. And so and just to be clear then, Yeah, sorry. So just go going back then, to be clear then, Flair doesn't need to be look, say, exciting in the way that we might um regard say some a, a sidestep or some amazing pass it is something which is no, different it's something different. which is interesting well different is the different is the key word isn't it different right. that you know you flare different something that i mean i i played for cardiff youth and we had a coach there called peter davis he played some place from rugby for Slesley, uh years ago he was a number eight and i once asked him you know we had a very very successful team i think he'd been there for about three years we were unbeaten for about three years and then I, I sat down in a bar with him one day and asked him, you know, what he what he would like to do in terms of his ambition. You know, I mean, he's, he could he want to go and coach, go further on and coach coach Wales, coach you know a senior club side. You know, what, what's his ambition? And he and he said to me that his ambition was to introduce something to the game that nobody's ever seen before. I thought, well, <laughs> you know, what, an, what, a, what a fantastic answer. You know, that was you know that was quite influential to me. So we got so we got this idea then that uh, flair is something different. But there must be some other things that you need to do in order for that flair to be to be expressed, because you, you can't do something different all the time. You have to do some basics. Is that right? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's not about, you know, the individual, is it? I mean, a certain player, you know, who has flair, who, who attacks the space where other other players have rolled around the corner and he's gone back against the grain and he's found some space. You know, is he doing that? For himself, or is he doing that for the team? He's doing that for the team, isn't he? Mm. You know, he's, he's you know his heads up. He's seen where the space is, and he's attacked space, and he's you know he's he's, he's found some momentum for his team. So, so uh, let's say, I um, mean, but sometimes you can't attack space because the ball is recycled so slowly from a ruck that uh, when he looks up, instead of seeing say four or five defenders in front of him, he says sees six one side, six the other side. So. What's he going to do now? I think how, sort of, how, does, how, do, how do you move to the next stage? Well, you again, you work together as a team. You know, if you're talking about a guy who's a, a standoff against you, another a fly half, we're talking about basically the main, we're talking about the first receiver in many cases. I mean, 
you know, is it, is it a crime for him to turn the ball down? Of course it's not. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, he has an element of control. He doesn't want to, you know, if his if his head's up again in a, in a, in attacking sense, and he uh, and he gets the numbers, you know, fantastic. But if the numbers both sides, uh, right, so you speak, said sorry, he's going to turn the ball down. What what do you mean by that? Well, you know, he turns the ball down and lets the scrum half deal with it. You know, right. let the forward and let the forwards deal with it. Right. Okay. Or dro- or drops in the pocket and you know and just puts the ball in front of the forwards. I mean, we're, we're talking about. Obviously, we talk. We, you know, we're discussing flair, but you know, in, in terms of the the, the team, you, you don't. You, you still look after the forwards. You still keep the ball in front of the forwards. You, you know, you still control the rugby match. A fly half is his number one job. You know, is to control a rugby match. Mm. Um, you know, I'm watching a couple of brilliant players, brilliant fly halves at the moment. Uh, in England, you've got the uh, Marcus Smith, and in Wales, you've got Jared Evans. They're absolutely fantastic rugby players. But some, sometimes. It crosses my mind sometimes to, to to actually think and wonder if they if they actually do control the game from a fly half's perspective because I think that's the number one you know that's the, the number one job is really to is to control the match as, as a fly half I think that's that's their that's their number one priority and I think that's going to be called into question you know sometimes you can overplay so what do you mean by overplay well you know just uh, you move the ball you know for the sake of moving the ball you know breaking down behind the forwards and. Uh, Putting pressure on yourself. Um, I, I watched Marcus Smith play against Wales a couple of years ago, and I, I think he must, must, must have pushed the ball back inside from broken play on a, at least double figures. Inside pass, inside pass, inside pass. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, where, where is the lad? What is the lad trying to achieve? You know, the, but you know, they still play. You know, the, these flair players. You know, people who call them flair because they, the flair is in their sort of uh, ability to run from broken play. Right, it's not necessarily playing against the grain, you know, where 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 the space is, or or, or doing the simple things by just dropping in the pocket and uh, nursing his pack and and drilling the ball into the corner flag and finding some field position. I mean, it's, you know, the game control as well. I mean, that's a very very important element of playing rugby. So what we're saying is that a flair player or playing flair is not doing clever sharp things which are unusual all the game. It is knowing when to step in and do that or step up and do that and when to control the game. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, you know, it could be absolutely horrendous, you know, playing conditions and you're going to grind out the win 9-6. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I've played in a game myself when the ball's not gone outside me. I've just completely drilled the ball every single corner, put the ball up in the air. I've got to be fair. I mean, you know, Wales played France Last was it last year, and when France were really in, in Cardiff, and I think the halfbacks, they, obviously Wales were under a bit of pressure. And I think a, a, a win would have been massive for the, you know, and almost like a win at all costs in certain mm-hmm. certain elements. But you know, the, the halfbacks were trying to land the ball on the crossbar in twenty two in the French twenty two, and they did. They, they did. I think they sort of they obviously did their homework, and they said, "Well, we're going to come with a specific game plan," and, and I mean, they almost carried it off. I mean, international rugby sometimes that's what you need. So it's interesting you say the game plan there. So the game plan sort of suggests uh, that you might be coaching out flair, or does the game plan allow flair? No, I think I think you know what it takes to win a game is what it takes. You know, I mean, you know, I think it's certainly at the international level. If I'm talking like I was earlier on about um, you know building the games uh, through the youngsters, I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be at all worried about winning or losing. You know, I think I think that's more important. I mean, certainly if you live in Wales, you know. The, <laughs> 
you know, if we wake up on a Monday morning and Wales have won, I mean, the, the mood affects the entire country. Christ, we've had our problems this week, this week, this last couple of weeks anyway, with the uh, some of the criticism of the Welsh Rugby Union. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I don't think uh, anybody is overly bothered how Wales win these days. Um, you know, but I think if we're gonna if we're gonna develop to the to, to, to be winning games with with flair and with imagination and, and and with style, you know that that that's even better, you know. But I think you know you, you, what we've got at the moment is um, is guys who come through the almost re- recent generation of players who I think have um, you know have, have, have struggled with you know adapting to, to to bring anything new you know to the game. And I think probably it's a whole different question: is uh, is it possible to coach flair at international level when you've got to win games? To get bums on seats, or uh, whether you but again that comes with the development, doesn't it? it comes with the development of the player, the character of the player. I mean, you know, Finn Russell. I mean, he's come through, hasn't he? And I would call him a flair player. You know, with with it at the international level, you know, comes the risk, and with it at international comes with the odd mistake here and there, and and and, and then the ultimate like criticism and you know and being dropped by you know Gregor Townsend on numerous occasions. But he but he's a flair player, and he. You know, he affects the team at international level, doesn't he? So, you know, his development has obviously been different to Dan Bigger's development, for example. Well, Mark, we could um, we could probably uh, work our way through lots of uh, other flair versus um, game plan situations, but really great to sort of knife into that. So uh, we're going to finish there. Mark has coached pro rugby in England, Wales and Ireland. He is in the middle of setting up his own website markring.co.uk when the website's complete there'll be subscription to access a library of rugby skills all of which will be filmed his philosophy is to improve skills and game understanding which builds confidence encourages players to see a bigger and clearer picture as they can evolve into someone who can influence the game which the general public can enjoy you can contact him uh, at linkedin or on his email which is mr kelt which is m-r-c-e-l-t at hotmail.com so a couple of questions to finish. Um, how old are you, Mark? Uh, you're not still playing. <laughs> I wish. I struggle to walk on. <laughs> okay, just struggle to walk on. the stairs in the morning. <laughs> what coaching book is by your bedside? It doesn't have to be a coaching book. None. None. I don't have any coaching books by the side of my bed. All right. Which coach or teacher are you loving at the moment? Oh, there's only one. There's only one coach I've ever really sort of admired to the extent that. You know, I, 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 I'm looking at the fair, I'm looking at the ideas, I'm looking at you know someone who is doing something different, who is influencing the the game of rugby union, and that's Wayne Smith. Wayne Smith to me is the ultimate rugby coach. Okay, which team, sport, or subject would you be love to be? Would you love to be coaching at the moment? Mm, the Welsh women. Yeah, I think that um, there's just so much to learn. So much to learn that. Uh, I watched. I was really, really surprised that the standard of the the, the World Cup final between England and New Zealand, and um, it was definitely in my to my mind. It's. I mean, Wayne Smith's only been there for seven months, and uh, you know what he's what he's brought to the game. You know, and I think England uh, beat them in two Test matches about a year before or something, fifty odd points twice, and then New Zealand. You know, under Wayne Smith, sort of guys who like uh, uh, turned it round and won the World Cup final. I think it was a phenomenal achievement. And uh, whenever I watch him play, you know, you see Wayne Smith's influence. And uh, yeah, he's um, 
some some of his tactics are just brilliant. I think I I, I don't even think that the, the top some of the top coaches in the world at the moment uh, have even picked up on what he's doing and you know, very sim- simplistic stuff, which is um, you know takes his team to a different level. Well, perhaps this question then doesn't uh, is probably already answered. But who's inspired you most? Him, coaching wise, right. without nobody else. Right. And what would you tell your twenty-year-old self to do more of? Or oh, myself. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said my son. Then I was going to say, yeah, that's right. It's probably you're probably going to be telling your son this, perhaps to do more of, or to do less of. To do, to do <laughs> well, more. it could be both. <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's. Um, more window now isn't it and you know when you've got a chance to you know we got a chance to uh to make an impact and uh, make make it as a as a professional whether in rugby or, or anything else and uh i definitely remember when i when i played the countless countless hours in practicing you know practice 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 i'd be run i'd take a few rugby balls up to cardiff met i didn't just live far from there and, and train on a Sunday on their pitch, and I sort of be drilling sort of right-footed spirals up the one touch, in between, but bouncing them in between the the uh, the five meter uh, line and the and the and the touch line. Then I go around in an opposite direction, do the same with my left foot, and uh, you know chipping and catching and with the left foot in the in the uh, in the in goal area, and I'd be just doing lap after lap after lap, and uh, it's just amazing, really. Some some of the practices uh, would would often come off during a, during a game, so I, that's what made me feel that it was all worth it. And I think the amazing thing is, and I had a, I was very lucky to uh, play against you. And uh, when you chipped over the bat line with a kick off your knee, so unfortunately now is of course banned. But uh, the fact is that often the players who seem to be the most skillful, it, it, there's natural talent, but there's also a lot of hard work in there. And uh, I think we forget that. Anyway, Mark, it's been a real honour to speak to you and you've given us some fantastic insights so thanks very much for uh, coming on the knife thank you Dan